Hey everybody, this is Eddie Trunk from That Metal Show, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. How you doing, everybody? This is Bobby Ingram from the group Molly Hatchet, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. Hell yeah! Hey, this is Jack Ross, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. Welcome to episode 461 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 461, we are welcoming Robbie Lochner and Jack Russell of Jack Russell's Great White. Uh, if you're a fan of the show or been listening for a long, long time, Jack Russell was one of the first guests we had on the program I think back in 2009, so a pleasure to talk to him again. He's been on a, a number of times, uh, including uh, around the release of his latest album. Uh, he and Robbie are going to be coming into Pittsburgh on Thursday, June 3rd, to do a show at Jurgles. Uh, forget the date I threw out in the interview. I think I had the date wrong. I was thinking it was June 1st, but it's actually June 3rd. Uh, if you go to Jack Russell's website, you can get tickets, or Jurgles' website, you can get tickets for that. It's going to be an acoustic show. Uh, we talked a little bit about that in the interview. What can you expect from a, a Jack Russell acoustic show? You're kind of used to him with a full band. Uh, but there are there is a uh, very cool album available of him doing uh, the entire Once Bitten record acoustically uh, and some other projects he's done acoustically uh, through the quarantine that we talk about as well. So without further ado, we're going to play you a little bit of uh, Jack's last solo album. This song is called Sign of the Times. We're going to get into that interview with Jack and Robbie. Yeah. 
pleasure to welcome the Iron City Rocks. We have on the line Jack Russell and Robbie Lochner of Jack Russell's Great White. How are you doing today, guys? Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, great. Thanks. Awesome to have you guys on. You're going to be rolling into town on uh, Tuesday, June 1st, which uh, it is awesome to say out loud that a band is rolling into Pittsburgh to do a show. Um, am I correct you guys are doing an acoustic show, or is this a full band show? That is an acoustic show. We're actually rolling in Tuesday the second. Is it Joe's on number? Oh, no, sorry. Tuesday, Wednesday the second. The show is on the third. So yeah, the show's on the third, and it is an acoustic show. Okay, so can you talk a little bit about you know what that what that means for fans? I mean, what kind of does that you work in some different songs or different kind of versions of, of some of the classic songs and some of the newer material? All the above. Well, most, yeah, all the above. We do mostly the classic songs, you know. Um, some of them are rearranged a little bit. Um, for the most part, you know, they are as they are. Um, we also do some of our favorite uh, cover songs, you know, um, anything from the Beatles to, uh, you know, um, Led Zeppelin. I mean, uh, it, it, we run the gamut. And as far as new material, not so much. I mean, people want to hear the classic stuff, and they want to hear stuff they can sing along to. And, you know, unfortunately, with the record business being as it is these days, you know, um, record sales are kind of a, a thing of the past as, as it goes, you know. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. It's it's great when an artist, I, I remember talking to you, Jack, it's been, I don't know, four years or so since um, he saw Many it years, coming. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it came out, a fantastic record and, and some great songwriting. Your voice sounded amazing. Thank but, you. But, but you're right. It, it, it's a tough sell, um, and I think... You know, right now, you, you definitely are in a position where you want to give the fans exactly what they want. They're kind of starved for live music. Sure, um, sure, of course. Yeah. You know, I'm not to cut you off before sure. I forget. You know, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, I think a lot of bands actually write some of their best material in uh, the later days of their careers, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, people don't get a chance to hear that because they just, uh, you know, are, are kind of apathetic about... Uh, in music, you know? Yeah. I, and nothing frustrates me more than, than I, I remember the other night I had on a certain satellite radio station. I don't want to name names, but they were talking about uh, Wolfgang Van Halen's new material and how fantastic it was. And then they played in the Creator Will Rock from Van Halen. You know, it, you, you lead into a, a band right. having new right. material. You know, in this case, he wasn't even in the band you're talking about, but then they dropped the tried and true classic and leave you hanging on some sure. music. And, and that's frustrating i'm sure i mean look at you know some of the material the stones have done sure. in the later years um has been fantastic you know and, and he saw it coming was yeah no, was no exception jack I, I have to ask i mean your voice no i think on, so too on that record you sound like you did i remember seeing you guys in 1987 1988 time frame you don't sound a day different. Is there? Do you have like a certain regiment or something that you've kind of mastered to keep your voice in that shape? Because a lot of guys, honestly, your your peers, yeah, I, I, you know, detune. Sure, sure, I do. Is right, it, yeah, no, I drink lots of whiskey and smoke a ton of cigarettes and scream my head off all day long for the show. <laughs> I, I would, if, no, I'm completely kidding. Yeah, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't use drugs. Um, you know, um, I, I just, uh, 
you know, I warm up. Uh, my my routine has been the same for you know thirty some years. You know, I get up in the morning and I warm up really lightly, and I do this over a period of six hours before the show, and then I warm down after the show. So, you know, that uh, takes care of my pipes pretty much. You know, so it's just a matter of you know just doing doing the do. You know, mm-hmm. doing what I'm supposed to do, and I'm trying to take care of it as much as possible. I mean, you know, it is a muscle, and you you have to respect that fact, and you have sure. to, and you got to take care of it. I mean, I'm really surprised, and I'm just blessed that um, you know, it's in the shape that it's in. You know, this I'm 60 years old now, you know, and um, I'm still able to sing pretty much everything I used to be able to sing when I was a kid. You know, yeah. I mean, I've lost a couple of notes here or there, you know, but I mean, for the most part, these are notes that I don't really use anyway. You know. Yeah, Jack, I have to admit, you were singing notes when I was a kid that I couldn't hit as a kid. So if you've lost a few along the way, that you're still way ahead of the average guy. Doing well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little ahead of the curve, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed. You know, I don't take any credit for it, you know, except for the fact that, you know, I've, I've taken care of it yeah. for the most part over the years, you know. I, um, I, and um, that has served me well. I know over the last year you guys have done a couple of the the, the songs I saw on Robbie's on your band camp. You guys did hold the um it was hold the line from Toto, a couple other songs. Hold the line. Was there? Yeah, with was, Michael uh with Michael McCall, Robin McCauley. Ro- yeah. yeah, Robin, another guy whose voice is somewhat timeless. But was was that kind of the trick to saying saying I know you guys are you're, you're a touring band, really? You know we've obviously touched on the fact that the music business isn't going to be kept alive by, you know, selling records and things like that. But, you know, how did you keep your sanity no. in the last 18 months? Well, that was pretty much it, you know, doing that and doing other projects, little things here on people's records and, you know, doing, we did another uh, Zeppelin album, uh, Great Zeppelin uh, 2, mm-hmm. you know, which we had done. I don't know if you ever heard of it or heard it. We did an album in '96 called Great Zeppelin, and it was a, a live show of nothing but Zeppelin songs. And I mean, it was frightening. I mean, Robert Plant said, "You know, that guy Jack Russell sounds more like me than I do on a good night." <laughs> you know, so yeah. that was quite the compliment. I didn't even know he knew who I was, you know. But uh, it was a really, really good record. I mean, I suggest to people that haven't heard it pick it up because it's really worth it. And so the new one is. Uh, a bunch of other songs we did live in the studio, um, and um, they came out really, really well. I mean, we're we're really happy and proud of the record, and that'll be out pretty soon on, on Cleopatra. So you know, keep your eyes out for that. Wonderful. Um, and I, and I know your you, ears. <laughs> I know it. It doesn't seem like that long ago, and when you guys did the uh, once bitten acoustic bites, um, which I personally love because it was, you know, it, it kind of that was the era where I discovered, you know your singing jack um but i think those those come across really cool in that in that vibe you know the songs hold up well acoustically which is always yeah, the I mark of a good song uh, yeah well you know that's how we write i mean you know we write and if a song sounds good with an acoustic guitar and a voice then it's worth pursuing you know if not then it's just not worth even wishing your time on you know, I mean, you can uh, add all the icing you want on the cake, but, I mean, if the cake isn't good, then it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know. So we don't want to sit there and spin our wheels trying to polish a turd, you know. Exactly. So, um, I mean, Robbie can give you more insight on that than I can, you know. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we just 
stripped it down and recorded it and just kind of took a, did a little different approach on some of the songs. Some of them were pretty much like the original, and then some of them, you know, just a different approach, and it turned out pretty cool. Is that uh, maybe a good barometer for what folks could expect when they come see you doing the acoustic sets? Is some something in that vein? Um, sort of. I mean, there's, you know, kind of, but the difference is that was full band playing. Yeah, right. keep in yeah. mind, this is just Robbie and myself, you know. Yeah. I mean, but it's great. I mean, if you want to, you know, it, it's really uh, intimate that way. And we give the audience more of a chance to participate in the show. And, and you know, it, it really is like hanging out and having a party with yeah. a couple friends playing guitar and singing, you know. And that's really what it is. I mean, because I always consider my audience my friends. I mean, these are people that have been coming to see me for the most part for 20, 30 years, you know. And um, I look out in the audience, and generally I know, you know, or, or at least have re- I recognize at least half the people in the room, you know. Yeah. I mean, this is how far back these fans go. You know, yeah. if I don't know them by name, I know them by face. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's, uh, it is like hanging with old friends. And it, it, it always seems like that party atmosphere, you know. When you work up these songs acoustically, Robbie, um, you know, being that you're not, you don't necessarily have a bass player, keys that may be in some of these songs originally, um, do you play relatively like, different parts than you would if this was like a full-on electric band show? You t- like tend to kind of rearrange oh, yeah. how you approach the songs? Yeah, I mean, yeah, some of them were played pretty close to how it the record was some actually but then a lot of it's not um, and it's i think it it was kind of for us to do it acoustically was a, a smart move i mm. think and a lot of people think it would be hard but i go it's easier than trying to go in and recreate if we were going back in and try and recreate what they did we'd be just tasting our tail yeah. i mean it doesn't even make sense but being able to go in and do it acoustically now we've got room to just kind of take the song and and have fun with it and we don't mm. have to really get it sound just like that I mean, it's the point for us to do that. It's really no point. So really just, uh, you know, just go in and have fun with it is what we did. Yeah. And it's, it sounds, I, I think, you know, seeing it in that kind of intimate setting with, with just the two of you is going to be a real experience for, for the fans, you know, who have seen, you know, the full-on big, you know, full production type shows and stuff. It would really be a, a neat way to do it. And I think, you know, people are so starved for live music. You could probably, you know, get up there and sing the phone book, and people would show up. At this point, you know, it, it's just such a, it, it's such a great thing. I don't know what. Obviously, other states have been different, but Pennsylvania. When you get down to L's. That's my favorite one. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's my wife was born in Pittsburgh. Awesome. So, well, I hope yeah, you're so making it's, the... uh, it's, it's kind of like coming home in a way, you know. Yeah. So we'll have people that come to the show, and they'll. Hear the acoustic show and they'll walk away going, that's the best show. And they've seen us a bunch of times. They go, that's the best show of all the shows. I mean, I, I don't know how many times I've heard that. And I'm usually kind of shocked. Like, wait a minute. You have the whole band, the intensity, the live, the whole, the performance and everything. And they're right. like, oh, something about the intimate performance and being able to just connect on yeah. a different level. And it's just for some reason, it really, a lot of people really like it a lot. I think so that's, that's good. sometimes when the musicians maybe lets the guard down and the production down a little bit sometimes it opens up a different thing i recall seeing bon jovi kind of at the height of their 
kind of New Jersey superstardom, and they did a show in Pittsburgh that was just a charity thing they were doing for a food bank, and they busted out some Beatles songs and Christmas songs. No, you know, giant video screens, no pyro, no, you know, sparks coming out of the ceiling or anything, but it was just, you know, six guys making music, and, and it was really special. And I think, you know, sometimes that you take away all the 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 production of a show sometimes it really lets the music breathe and then that's you know one man's opinion on that but i think it's yeah. kind of neat to see something special like that you know but uh that's fantastic guys i want to thank you so much again you'll be in town on the first to do a show mm-hmm. it'll be at jurgles should be packed they're back to full capacity in in these shows i think the masks will be off and and people will be uh vaccinated and ready to rock so we can't wait to see you guys when you get into town yeah and you know for all the people that got vaccinated now we really appreciate it you know i know people are on the fence about it and uh you know um the only way we're going to reach herd immunity is if everybody gets vaccinated you know yeah so i mean uh please keep those vaccinations coming you know because uh you're doing the whole world a favor yeah yeah um you know it's kind of like loving thy neighbor man you're really helping out because I mean, this is a deadly disease, you know. Yeah. I mean, sure, some people have gotten it and not gotten real sick, but, you know, I've lost a couple friends from it. And, uh, you know, it's really painful, you know, to think that could have been avoided. Yeah. You know, so, you know, please, uh, please get your vaccinations, you know. That's as political as you'll ever hear me get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, I don't blame you there, but you're right. I mean, it is, it's, it's about you and me, but it's about, the person standing next to me to show that I don't know you. you know, the greater good, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's about the greater good, you know. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. We will see you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. We really appreciate you. All right, guys. Take care.
thank you to Jack Russell, Robbie Lochner. Again, they will be in town on June 3rd. Uh, forget what I mentioned in the interview. I had the date wrong. They will be here on Thursday, June 3rd, Warrendale, uh, to play a Jurgles acoustic show. So it's just the two of them. Uh, going to be a fantastic show and, and great to have bands, music, anybody coming back into Pittsburgh, list, least of all Jack Russell. So going to be awesome to see that. Hopefully a packed house at Jurgles for that. I'm going to turn our attention now to another show coming into Pittsburgh, and I love to be able to say another show. June 11, the Craft House in Pittsburgh. Um, the band is called the Floyd Concept. We're going to talk to their musical director, keyboard player, percussionist, keyboards, uh, and I'm sorry, I said keyboard twice. He's saxophonist as well. Jack Prybilski uh, is uh, one of the uh, kind of founders of this band. This is called the Floyd Concept. Uh, you as you'll learn quickly in the interview, they're very much into um, the highly detailed reproduction of Pink Floyd's music. Um, so I'm not going to talk too much about it. I'll let Jack tell you the story of that. But it was interesting to get a chance to talk to a band, and we opted to, to talk to a tribute band because of just the sheer influx of in of these type of bands that doing um, tributes. And, and try to see what goes into it. I think a lot of people think of it as just a cover band. But um, when you take it to a certain level, there's a lot of work and, and, and love of the music involved with that. So without further ado, we're going to get into that interview with Jack Prybilski of the Floyd Concept. The tour you've been waiting for is finally here. Evanescence. Hailstorm. A powerful rock experience returns. December 14th, Peterson Events Center. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Mastering the brand new Evanescence album, The Bitter Truth. Available everywhere. Evanescence. Hailstorm. Together. Live. Welcome to Iron City Rocks from the Floyd Concept. We have Jack Prybilski on the line. How you doing, Jack? I'm doing well, John. Yourself? I am doing fantastic. Uh, we're finally warming up here in uh, western Pennsylvania. I'm hoping you are. Are you still in Buffalo, correct? Correct. And uh, we're upper 60s today, and yeah. uh, it's going to just get warmer, and we're going to be in, like, mid-70s next week, so that's going to be great. So maybe finally winter is over. <laughs> um, excited to get a chance to talk to you. You're coming in with the Floyd Concept. You're doing a show on the 11th at the Craft House. Um I want to talk about that. Also, remiss not to mention you are an inductee to the Buffalo Music Hall of Fame. Uh, so uh, posthumous congratulations on that. I know it's been a number uh, of years. Uh, thank we you had, very much. We had Patty, Park, Patty Parks on the show uh, just the previous episode, who's also a member. So oh, wow, yeah. I, I've, uh, I've played with Patty for a couple of years, so it's kind of neat that I'm following her. Yeah, it's it's kind of a fun fun thing, and you guys are close. So uh, let me ask you this: you you have a very successful career as a musician. You've been, you know, a jazz musician for a long time. You've been a teacher. Um, you retired now, if am I correct? Um, semi. Uh, I spent in 2014. I ended a 32 career, 32 year career as a uh, public school music teacher in the Niagara Falls City School District. But uh, I'm so still, curr still currently the assistant director for athletic bands at the University of Buffalo. Oh, okay. So what what kind of got you into uh, you know the, the the world of Pink Floyd? I know as a jazz musician, you know there's 
no shortage of great saxophone players. But why Pink Floyd? Um, actually, <clears throat> I was playing in a Chicago tribute band at the time, and uh, George Root, who was one of the founding members of the band, was looking for a saxophonist. And he had contacted the guitarist in the Chicago tribute band if I was interested. And I said, sure. And uh, so when I joined the band, I was basically, you know, I just played a couple tunes on, you know, I played Money, Us and Them. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, a couple of, you know, the saxophone hits that the band had. Um, George passed away in, uh, I believe it was like two years ago, two, three years ago. And then I kind of, uh, fell into the role as, uh, music director and became more involved to, uh, being one of like the auxiliary keyboard player as well. So, okay. So, is for for you? I mean, this this may sound kind of a, an odd question, but is is there much challenge to the music of Pink Floyd from a saxophone perspective, especially coming with you know, obviously you're very well schooled in the instrument. You've been playing for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. um, uh, was that something? Yeah, did, and actually, do you have concerns about doing that? I mean, Chicago uh, seems probably like a big better fit. When it comes to the type of music for horns and such, right? Um, but actually, and what's interesting is, you know, back when Pink Floyd was in their prime, um, I knew the, you know, I knew Money, and I, you know, um, us and them, but I didn't connect with the music because I was into, you know, the horn section groups, Chicago, Bloodstained mm -hmm. Cheers, uh, Tower of Power. So coming into it now, I'm like discovering all this really neat music that I didn't know back then. And I do regret not having, had, you know, gone and seen them in concert back in their heyday. Mm -hmm. um, as far as the, as far as challenging saxophone parts, um, we like the band likes the, pay tribute as close as possible to coming off with the authentic reproduction. So, sure. and I was always a big fan of, of Scott Page and just listening to what Scott did uh, on the, you know, the, the live tours that he did with the band, uh, learning his solos are, it's been a lot of fun for me and it has been a challenge. I mean, Scott's a killer saxophonist and a mm -hmm. great rock and roll or great rock saxophonist. So, I've enjoyed that journey of, uh, you know, learning Scott's parts and, and what he did on the, you know, on the songs. Yeah. Was there anything in particular about his style or, or am I correct? Dick Perry had played quite a yes. bit of their yeah. stuff as well. Uh, yeah. Dick was the uh, saxophonist on Money and Us and Them and Dogs of War. Um originally when you're scott um i think is in my opinion is just a little more edgier mm -hmm. than dick was um not to take anything away from dick i mean dick's an incredible player himself but for me it just the energy that scott seeing the you know videos of him in concert i mean he's a rock right. you know he's a rock and roller and 
I really like that. So that's what, you know, kind of mm-hmm. instead of going Dick Perry, it was like, no, nah, I got to do the Scott Page thing because that's just more of an essence of who I am as a performer. Closer to, yeah, to yourself. Yeah. When, when you get to do this, I, I realize, you know, when people come to see you in a club, you know, people expect, you know, nobody's going to want your guitarist to kind of improvise, um, you know, the solos, you know, especially things like Comfortably Numb. You expect oh, it to sound yeah, the exactly. way you... But, but do you, are you able to kind of flex your muscle? I mean, you, you obviously have plenty of chops and, and the resume to back it to kind of go, you know, in your own direction. Do you have any kind of liberty in, in the, the set to do that? Or are, you, are Pink Floyd fans kind of staunch that they want it the way they want it? Um, well, I think just, you know, even doing the, the, the Scott Page variations on the solos, like on, you know... Um, Shine on you, crazy diamond, and mm-hmm. his solo in money. I think that's kind of, you know, taking a step away from the traditional. Um, we right. do, we do do the titles um, uh, escaping me right now. Um, Terminal Frost is it? The instrumental, yes. Terminal Frost. Right. Um, the soprano part on that, I kind of just do my own thing on that for the entire song. Um, okay. As opposed to playing like what Scott did on the recordings. Is it, I mean, do you, when you got into this, was it what you expected? I mean, coming from a Chicago tribute, maybe you, you probably had a little bit of better idea of, you know, sometimes the expectation of fans to tribute bands as opposed to, you know, a band who might get up and do. 20 or 30 covers in, in a in a nightclub in a night people don't expect exacts but what it's, it seems like as soon as you put that word tribute in front of a, a band or in you know in the in the logo there's a certain level of expectation is is that do you, oh, did you my, find it was more more challenging most, than you thought it was going to be uh, no but it's it's most definitely um, true I think in some senses you know the tribute act has to be better than the actual act um yeah but the the key the the, the key to success with a a tribute band is you have to be very detailed oriented you know like you gotta one of the things that we like doing in the floyd concept is is looking more at the live versions of tunes as opposed to the studios because um, as you know, Floyd kind of stretched those performances, um, and then we kind of so we kind of use those as a basis, and then uh, just you know a lot of listening. And guys, are, one of the things that's great about this band is that everybody's on the pa- same page as far as the level of dedication um, to be true to the music. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of fun to to, to think about the rigor that goes into this because I think a lot of people think you know can be somewhat dismissive of the th- concept idea, but I was talking to Nils Lofgren of, of the E Street Band not long ago, and he had said that in one tour they had done 280 odd songs and many songs he had never heard. They were talking you know about chord changes at the microphone, so you know there's a band who's playing 
arenas, stadiums, just kind of winging it. But, right. you know, as soon as you say you're a tribute band, damn, if you don't hit the exact right note, you know, not not even in the right key, you need to be on the exact right note. Exactly. Pe- I mean, people I mean, are it's, ready it's, to, to storm the stage. Right. I mean, just, you know, watching, like, the Pulse video um, mm-hmm. concert and, like, especially uh, Roger Waters, the wall and his current us and them to just see the passion in the audience. I mean, these mm-hmm. people know every word. I'm sure, like you said, they know every note of every Gilmore solo. Yeah. Um, and you get, you know, and what's great and what kind of, okay, these guys are doing it at this level. I mean, you look at Dave Kilminster, who's a, one of my favorite guitar players. Uh, the stuff that he's done with John Wetton and, and just everybody else. But yet yeah. he's every night after night after night, he's playing David Gilmore solo and comfortably numb because like you said, that's what those people are going <laughs> to, there's no yeah. other option. It's either you play it or we're going to yeah. storm the stage. <laughs> yeah. And the irony is the one guy who who's allowed to play it different would be David Gilmore. He could exactly. get up there and do something a little different. You'd be like, wow, look, he mixed it up. He did it kind of cool. That's cool. Right. But you know, he if does I stood the same, up there on the stage, he does it the same practically yeah. every night, anyways, too. So yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, he, maybe he knows better than I that he'd get get hate mail if he did <laughs> it differently. Be. I don't know. So what? Can you just kind of walk us through like what what fans can expect from the show? Do you guys kind of hit a particular era, the 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 Gilmore era, or do you get into some of the Sid Barrett material, or, or where we do you run, kind of build the set? We run the whole gamut, um, and it's a gas for me because we do three tunes of, of the Sid Barrett era that I do lead vocals on. So we do Astronomy Domine, um, Lucifer Sam, and Arnold Lane. And okay. those, are, those are just great tunes. You know, they're just great, fun tunes, and and it, it's kind of neat that we incorporate that because, you know, not every, you know, there's millions upon millions of, of Pink Floyd tribute bands. And so one of the things that we like to do to stand out is like do the tunes that nobody else does. So we have, sure. we have the three Sid Barrett tunes arranged like they're the full songs, but we one right after another in a medley kind of thing. And people seem to really enjoy that. Yeah, I think it, you know it is kind of fun when you get some of the stuff that you know you can't really get anywhere else. Right. Um, do you do you, when you're when you're looking at this? I mean, obviously you guys have probably had some downtime. I'm going to assume. Do you kind of just trade emails back and forth with, hey, you know, let's do, you know, this one from live at Pompeii. Let's you know take a version of this. And yeah. how do you build what you're going to do when you finally hit the stage? Um, pretty much that's, that's what we've done. And, you know, people will hear different versions and they'll say, Hey, what if we, you know, why don't we do this? Or, you know, why don't we do, um, you know, like for example, shine on your crazy diamond. Our version is basically the pulse version, but we altered the saxophone solo section to incorporate like what Scott Page did on the uh, delicate sound thunder tour. So it's, we kind of mix things up like that, but it's pretty much how, you know, we sit down and go, okay, this song, you know, like we were doing, for example, we were doing the studio cut of money. And then right. I had heard the, um, the delicate sound of thunder tour where they, 
they branch out and kind of do different genres and, and let everybody solo in the, in the middle of it. So I said, guys, this would be a really great highlight for us. Let's, you know, do this version. Everybody's usually in agreement. Um, and then we like to do tunes that like feature the guys in the band. Um, we do one of these days, one of these days, for example, to, to feature our bassist. So, yeah, bass in his echo pedal. <laughs> yeah, that's. Is the musical director? I mean, can you kind of talk about what your job is? I mean, are you kind of the the buck stops with you when it comes to deciding parts and things like that, or? Um. Maybe not that the buck stops. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not like what I say goes all the, you know, the time. I mean, it's, it's. I guess just coming from my musical background and and just my musical knowledge, um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of the guy that you know they, the rest of the band looks to get looks at like, well, Jack will know how to keep this all together, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something to be said with that. I mean, you can put a I'm, I don't need to tell you, but a great group of musicians individually in a room and have it be a train wreck. Right. Um, you know. You know. You need. Sometimes you need that person, and I'm sure your 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 teaching and your band experience is invaluable in in kind of keeping that train on the rails. Mm-hmm. But and like I said earlier, it, it's really easy for me to be musical director just because everybody's on the same page mm-hmm. as far as the music, and and everybody's on that more importantly that same level of okay look we need you know our little tagline is a, a genuine Pink Floyd experience so everybody's mm-hmm. like yeah we we know this needs to be detailed oriented we're going to do that um, you know everybody goes home and does their homework and it's been working really well so can't complain now the, the show in Pittsburgh um, on the 11th is this your first show back you know, to kind of your first foray back into live music in the uh, no, 2021? We did, a, we did a show um, in April in Niagara Falls. That was our first one back. Can I ask what that experience was like? Was it somewhat surreal to kind of go back? Uh, it was a joyous relief, especially since in, in the off. Our last gig was in uh, October of uh okay. 20 of 2020 and in that interim we added some new personnel so this was the first time of playing with them and uh two great guitarists ron mccurdo and gino mcmanus and having them in the band is is definitely raised the bar uh quite a lot so it was you know it was just a, a joy to be playing again and to hear how well the band did out of the gate with new people that was just that just you know was great I remember being on stage yeah. that night going, you know, I really could get into doing this five nights a week with these guys. Yeah, and that's that's got to be fun, and I'm sure just having humans watching you has yeah. got to be yeah, a blessing at this point. So, well, Jack, I want to thank you so much again. You guys are rolling into Pittsburgh on the 11th. I know um, you've got a few other dates on uh, the FloydConcept.com. Uh, we'll post a link to that, and I, I wish you. you guys all the best, safe travels into Pittsburgh, and we'll see you in just a, not even a Co- month now. Yeah, a couple weeks. Are you ready? Horn, live in concert, summer tour 2021. 
<clears throat> All right, thank you to Jack Brybilski. Uh, the Floyd Concept, June 11th, Craft House, Stage and Grill. Uh, you can check that out. Um, had a chance to see um, several Floyd co- tribute bands in my day, and um, it's always kind of cool because frankly no one really cared what pink floyd looked like it was all about the music with those guys so great to see uh his bands kind of lovingly reproduce that music and also jack russell june 3rd at jurgles with robbie lochner doing an acoustic show uh, as jack said playing the hits playing the you know the stuff from great white that i grew up on you grew up on um i was a huge fan of great white it was I think I've told the story before, so I won't uh, bore you, but it was the first real band I saw live was Great White. Uh, and I remember Jack walking out to the microphone and saying, my name's Jack Russell and this is Great White. And that kind of burned in my, to my mind. So it was a great to get a chance to catch up to him. And we look forward to having more and more live shows come in. So keep checking back with ironcityrocks.com, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Twitter, uh, TikTok. We're on all these things. Uh, so check them out. We're all Iron City Rock. So drop us an email, ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Let us know what you think. Let us know if your band's coming to Pittsburgh. Uh, until next time, thank you for listening.